Buffalo Wild Wings thinks your afternoons could use a little spicing up, so they're happy to remind you about, well, happy hour. You know the concept. Grab your friends and visit your nearest B-dubs to score $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms. There are beverages, too, like select domestic draft beers starting at $4 and deals on select liquors and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Which reminds me, I'm hungry, and happy hour is sounding pretty good right about now. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Blog Talk Radio. On tonight's episode of Confession Session. The CDC reports an increase in suicide. Chris Rock discusses his concerns about the Obama Netflix deal. And Omar Gooding is out here acting the fool and using homophobic slurs at a restaurant all because his pizza was taking too damn long. What's good, y'all? It's your host, Angel Vandrina. I'm your host, John Othello, and you are listening to the one and the only Confession Session! Get it, get it. You know, Sunday as usual, nigga, tired, but I'm ready to have a good time. I always enjoy talking to you Negroes, you know, and all my others as well. Um, but yeah, not much. Just was, was just chilling, you know, being ugly, you know, sipping on some wine, sangria to be exact. But what's going on with you, Miss Angel Andrina? Oh, just living life. <laughs> working and school work and just trying to knock things out like seriously just trying to hurry up I have what nine weeks left until I'm going to get induced so everything is just really going fast right now and I haven't even started on getting the baby room and stuff together but we're going to do that in like a couple weeks and then in like a month we're going to have a baby shower or whatever and yeah that's pretty much it uh-huh. So just getting everything planned. I got the whole baby shower planned. I already know what's gonna be cooked, it's gonna be made, where it's gonna be at, how much it's gonna cost. Got it all together, so I'm excited about that. Oh, that's but yeah, weird. that's I pretty much it. Where, uh, where are y'all having it at? Or you don't want to? It's like, gonna be. It's gonna be. A, well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not gonna talk about it right now. I talk to you about it after the show because okay. I'll, I'll announce later. You know, later. But yeah, it's gonna be. At a nice hotel, you know, and it's going to be in oh, one of the hotels. You know, yeah, oh, mm-hmm. thank you. Hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> other than that, you guys, that's pretty much all that's been going on with Angel Vandrina. So, we're going to go ahead and get into the show. But before we do, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and of course, this podcast and blog talk. Send us those confessions at confessions at number two us at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in that drama. Confession, the number two us. Jen, why don't you go ahead and hit them with that confession question? All right, confession question. Confession question. Sorry about that. <laughs> what are things that your parents have said to you that you thought were irrelevant then, but as you have gotten older, you realize how important it is? Again, what are things that your parents have said to you that you thought were irrelevant then, but as you have gotten older, you realize how important it is? And let's get started with those confessionals, Miss Angel Vandrina. All right, y'all. 
Okay, so according to the shade room, do you guys remember when P. Diddy was bidding on purchasing the Panthers? Um, this was during the height of the Take a Knee NFL protest in December. Well, he has a lot, a lot has happened, and he has now had a change of heart. He revealed to at Bad Boys Neighborhood that after the league's recent ruling for players to stand um, for the national anthem, he doesn't want to be a he doesn't want to be a team owner anymore. He said, this last move, I don't even want to own a team anymore. Um, he began to discuss it, and he was like, I was one of the last two bids for the Panthers. Man, I really wanted to go in there and be a part of the NFL and try and be a positive change. It turns out that P. Diddy just is interested in being a part of an organization that oppresses black men. I don't want to be associated with oppressing black men, he said. I don't want to be associated with telling grown-ass men what they can and cannot do. He also added that I'm just at a point where my feelings are hurt because I'm such an NFL fan, and I hope they do what they have to do to fix it, and I hope they re-engage my dream to want to do that because if not, I don't want to be associated. I don't want to sit around the table or deal with those type of people at all. So, yeah. What do you think about that I mean, I feel like the positives and negatives what he's what what he's doing, you know, obviously. But I'll let you, you know, kind of tell me your feelings about it first, Shen. So I feel the exact same way. Um, it's definitely pros because he is, you know, standing up, you know, with his people and basically saying yeah. like saying he's not going to support the NFL, you know, and mm-hmm. I totally agree as far as that. But I still, I wish that Diddy would have been able to, because I know he can't afford it on mm-hmm. his own. Like, I think he's worth, like, what, 800, 900 million, and I'm sure to, like, buy an NFL team that's going to be a, a few billion, you know. But I would have mm-hmm. liked to see him be, like, a large investor to the point to where he could have, have, have like, a say-so, and that, mm-hmm. and I feel like being on the inside and being in that club, you know, you are rubbing elbows with those people that may have these bigoted views, and you know, they're not standing up on their soapbox anymore and being able to just um, say how they feel and get away with it. Like you will be in the room with them to tell them like how you know that's dangerous, and you're not standing for it, and you are not in agreement with it. So, you know, I thought it would have been cool for him to be on the inside. I feel like a lot of times when you have um, a person who doesn't fit the majority, you know, in certain spaces, it's what's needed. I think a lot of times that's, you know, we were talking about, like, designers and, you know, all these Mm -hmm. other facets um, that are largely, you know, blocking other groups out. You know, you need a voice in there to say what's positive because honestly, it's it's stupid. Like that, this whole new NFL rule that they are doing. Yeah, like, you are further pushing away. You know what you need. You need black. You need black people. You need the talent. You know, exactly. The majority yep. of NFL are black men, and on top of that, there are a large percentage of black Americans, black people in general, that listen to. I mean, that watch the NFL. So. Um, even though I've never been a fan of NFL, I don't I don't watch sports in general, so it's not it wasn't hard for me to boycott child. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I you know I understand, but at the same time, just like I think Diddy should still you know go for it, you know, or maybe he's yeah. trying to. Hopefully, he it's just some sort of like he's trying to 
do sort of like secure everything first before he like moves forward and you know talks mm-hmm. too much. But I still would like him to become part owner of it because I know they were like throwing around other people and um, like the people that I were hearing. You know, I would be okay with it. I don't really know like their political views, but like from like knowing of them, they do seem like good people. But you know, I don't know. What what did you take from it? Um, well, I felt just like here in a way. I felt like, you know, there are pros and cons to this. I definitely feel like he did it. He should also still go for it just because, you know, like you said, he'd be in the room, he'd be rubbing elbows. He, his voice can make that difference. Um, but I also feel like Diddy, he, like, you know, this is a really large investment and I want to, you know, sit up here and deal with, you know, knowing that, I can only have, a, you know, a percentage of a say-so, and, and, you know, it's just me against all these people. And also, you know, he's like, shit, I'm not going to sit up there at this new rule and put all this money down and, you know, pretty much give the NFL my money. You know, it's like I'm supporting them and what they're saying. You know, so maybe oh, yeah. that that got to him too. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I mean, it sucks. And obviously he's not going to do it. He already went and mentioned that he's not going to do it. But, you know, maybe he can make a difference in a different league. I don't know. Again, I like, you know, how Diddy has been moving, you know, I would say the past couple of years. Like, he's just really have, you know, stood up and has become one of those, like, advocates and, like, a voice for, like, the black, you know, for like black Americans. And I think it's just really dope that, Mm -hmm. you know, he is one of those business people. Cause I feel like a lot of times, you know, I agree with what, you know, like Jay-Z and Beyonce, like they do as well. And Oprah, Oprah as well. It's just like, even though they can't like publicly sit and talk how they want to talk, they can support the groups that will do that for them. You know? And I feel like when I become like a businessman, I will do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't ever want to be, like, just reckless and, you know, like, mm-hmm. lose out on the coin. But at the same time, you, you know, you could support different groups that, you know, share the same belief system that you do. But I like everything that um, Diddy's doing. And, you know, props to that brother. You know what I'm saying? And I just hope that he continues to grow. But, yeah. I agree. I agree. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic. Are we going to put the transition in or no? I don't we ain't know. Gonna I put guess the transition not. In this week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's fine. Transition. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's fine. You know, we can keep going on with the show, you know. Um, yeah. I had to burp, though. <laughs> I was going to put the, <laughs> the phone on, on mute so I could burp, nigga, and you straight ruined it. But it's, it's all good. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, anyways, you guys, next topic. According to BET.com, fans of former first couple Barack and Michelle Obama were thrilled when news broke that they'd be producing several Netflix series. One longtime fan of the couple isn't completely sold on their new deal, though. A comedian and actor Chris Rock recently shared his apprehension for the former POTUS and FLOTUS during an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. I don't want to live in a world where President Obama is worried about his Rotten Tomato score. I want him above that at all times. Uh, all times. Make your money, but I don't want him to be involved with that, he explained. Um, 
The former first couple will reportedly work on both scripted and unscripted series along with docuseries, documentary films, and features under a multi-year deal. Um, Rock, who inked a reported $40 million deal with the streaming service two years ago, offered a suggestion on what he'd do. I'd just send him over to Donald Glover. That's what I'd do. So what do you think about that? Would you like to see the Obamas, you know, in mainstream media in Hollywood? Okay. So, first of all, Chris Rock can have an opinion, but, like, he didn't have to, like, go and get super buck like that. Um, But second of all, I do understand where Chris Chris Rock is coming from. But I also understand why Obama is doing this. I feel like Obama is doing this for his kids. Like, he's trying to create a nest egg, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get this money. My wife gets this money. But what about my kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not president anymore. But how does that work? If I'm president, do like some if something happened to me, does that money go to my kids? Like I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? So it it's just I feel like it'd be interesting to see them in the light like that. But I don't I don't feel like I will watch it. Maybe I will. Obama's funny, so you know it, it could be interesting. I mean, I definitely want to watch. You know what what he's doing. Um, whatever the Obamas do with Netflix, um, I. As, as, like, I agree with you. I understand where Chris Rock is coming from. You know, we do put Obama's on such a pedestal, but at the end of the day, they are human beings. But, you know, exactly. with him being such an iconic figure and someone so important to black people, um, we don't. We just don't want them to make any missteps, you know, because I feel like people are always waiting to see them, you know, their downfall. And if it's just like they create, the, you know, the wrong show or send out the wrong message, you know, people ain't going to never let the shit go. But... Um, I would like to see, you know, what they have up their sleeves. I know that, you know, Obama has said, you know, he is going, now that he's out of office, he's going to be able to focus on what he really wanted to focus on. And that may be, you know, black issues. That's what I'm hoping, you know, and hopefully by, you know, his affluence and, you know, um, everything that he's been able to accomplish. Say that one more time. I said, right, because I can't see Michelle getting on TV acting a fool at all. Like, Right, know. right. No, I don't think they're going to be involved in any way. Like, it's not going to be the Obama's reality show or no shit like that. Or I don't even think it's going to be, like, them interviewing at all. I think it's just more so, like, what stuff that they want to put out, you know, in the world, you know, and, and how to okay. follow up and follow Um, Like I said, I mean, I, I think it would be dope. You know, if they're, if they're focusing on, you know, what I expect them to focus on, you know, um, I don't see them doing it just for money. You know, I really do feel like the Obamas care about, you know, the people, our people, you know, Americans in general. But I hope that they uh, do the same shit like Jay-Z, you know, and, and, you know, put his funding behind stuff that and projects that, you know, are really important to him, like prison reform and, you know, reparations and, you know, all the other, you know, facets that African Americans have to deal with. So yeah. I see. I see. All right, well guys, we're gonna go ahead and move on to that next topic. Oh. Wow. Nigga, don't, don't act like you was confused, nigga. Don't don't act like you you knew it was playing the whole time. You tried to slip <laughs> no. me up, but I got you. No, I <laughs> Listen, the transition for some reason it didn't want to work for you. It didn't want it didn't need you to burp. It wanted you to hold that burp in with your <laughs> life. 
Like, you know, <laughs> who's not playing with you? Like, no, you think you're on verb? Not today. Not right. today. So. <laughs> I was sitting here salty as hell, like, oh, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I would have still put that uh, phone on mute and burp for the one, two, three. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so, guys, according to the news star .net, Omar Gooding went ballistic on the man that called him out for allegedly treating a restaurant worker poorly as a result of his pizza was taking too long based on witnesses at the scene. Cuba's bro went on and offended um, and used homophobic trademark uh, tirades. All of this happened around 3 a.m. at a meals court docket bar space of Reno in Vegas. Um, and this and video was obtained by TMZ. He is seen and, you know, you're acting crazy pretty much. And a cop apparently arrested him. Um, the household time after dropped some very anti-family uh, pleasant F-bombs and shouts the opposite uh, homophobic F-word twice, then caused the guy a retard. And people pretty much tried to defuse the, uh, the scenario and the situation, but he wasn't having it. Um, he was advised that pretty much like who he, okay, so he told starnews.net that it was really late and the pizza was taking too long and he was wondering so who wouldn't be impatient he said he did apologize to everybody including the guy who tried to be the peacemaker and he said in in no way shape or form is he a hater or is he homophobic and he also said that he apologized for the offensive language um, that he pretty much stated and that's pretty much it Jean how would you have felt if you were in a situation where somebody is, you're a worker and somebody's just going off on you because the food was taking too long? Um, I wouldn't tolerate it. I don't think I would like turn oh, up damn. and turn into like a, a fist fight, but I will just be like, oh, okay, so you're going to you call me a faggot twice because your fat ass is what, <laughs> you know, can't sit around and wait for no pizza. Um, I'll just let someone else deal with it. I literally would probably just walk away and be like, fuck it, you know. Go live your life. Go get a pizza somewhere else, you fat bitch. But um, yeah. I mean, it, I don't. Th- it didn't hurt my feelings at all hearing that Omar Gooding eye body ass was, you know, out here being reckless. <laughs> what like? Who cares? Like, what happened to him? Like, I haven't seen him since like when? Like, baby boy. You know, like you don't matter. You know, you're probably just mad about that, that you don't matter in 2018. And that is the reason why you're turning up on people at the, at your local pizza shop in Las Vegas. Like, just <laughs> ridiculous and disgusting. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I feel like a lot of times, like, people, they, you know, may say one thing, and it's just like, you know, closet racist. You have your closet homophobes, you know. Even, the, even though you work in Hollywood mm-hmm. and, you know, you may have been around all these people. You get mad enough, a faggot may fly out your mouth, you know, to prove a point. So... I mean, who cares? Mm-hmm. He's done, though. Yeah. Like, he's done. I mean, he already was done. But it's like, you can't come for the gays in Hollywood, honey. Like, you just, you okay. can't do that. But, yeah, how did you feel? I was just like, damn, you was hungry as hell, huh? Like, you up there trying to right. beat people up and getting all mad and shit. Like, it was your damn dumbass decision to close the pizza place at 3 a.m. You could have cooked you some motherfucking noodles at the house. Exactly. Why exactly. are you out and about at 3 a.m. in the first place? 
and you could have done anything that you wanted to do. You gonna get? Why didn't you call ahead of time? Like, I, what is the deal? Like, you know, there were several options, and he chose the the dumb one. Go up in there, order a pizza, and then start going the fuck off on people because the pizza taking too long. Like his stomach was growling and shit. I'm hungry. Like, damn, he's wow, he's tripping. <laughs> <laughs> now his stomach was growling and he was he got upset with him. Like, nigga, ain't my fault because you that damn hungry. Like, you know your big ass gotta eat every other hour. Like, you should have fixed something, to eat, had a snack on the way to get your pizza, child. Oh, something to hold your own. Right. Yeah. Right. Cookie or something. You tell me you ain't got nothing in the house. You could you could have stopped somewhere. You could have got you a make chicken. But in time and you know what I'm saying, then went to go get you the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> so nah, but so stupid. Anyways, guys, we're gonna go ahead and move on to that next topic. All right, y'all. Last topic, <laughs> and this is according to NPR dot com. Uh, suicide rates have increased in nearly every state over the past two decades, and half of the states have seen suicide rates go up more than 30%. Suicide is a major public health issue, accounting for nearly 45,000 deaths in 2016 alone. That is why the Centers up, up for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta decided to take a comprehensive look at suicides from 1999 to 2016. Suicide in this country really is a problem that is impacted by so many factors. It's not just a mental health concern, uh, says Deborah Stone, a behavioral scientist at the CDC and the lead author of the new study. There are many different circumstances and factors that contribute to suicide. And so that's one of the things that this study really shows us. It points to the need for a comprehensive approach to prevention. She and her colleagues collected data on suicides from every state in addition to better understand the circumstances surrounding suicide, they turn to more detailed information collected by 27 states on suicides that occurred in 2015. The rise in suicide rates was highest in the central northern region of the U.S., with North Dakota, for example, seeing a 57.6% increase since 1999. Nevada was the only state that saw no increase, and Delaware saw the smallest increase, which was 5.9%. The findings were published in the CDC's Morbidity, Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Guns were the most common method used for suicide, accounting for almost half of the people who died. Often, the suicide seemed to happen without warning. 54% of the people who killed themselves didn't have a previously known mental health issue. Instead, these folks were suffering from other issues such as relationship problems, substance misuse, physical health problems, judge job or financial problems and recent crisis or things that were coming up in their lives that they were anticipating. Researchers and advocacy groups who work to prevent suicide say the report shows that much more needs to be done to tackle this growing problem. Uh, none of this surprise information, which is not to trivialize, um, trivialize its importance. I think it captures a lot of trends that we've been becoming more and more aware of over recent years. Says psychologist Michael Anestis at the University of Southern Mississippi, who researches suicide and is the author of Guns and Suicide, an American Epidemic. He thinks the general public commonly pictures someone who had begun a treatment for a long period before killing themselves, like fashion designer Kate Spade, who died this week, but that's often not the case. 
That means any public health effort to reduce suicides can't solely focus on those who have reached out for help. It has to be paired with measures that would make suicidal people less likely to die, even if they never went to see a doctor. The CDC report cites several different approaches, such as working to stabilize housing and teaching coping and problem-solving skills early in life. The report also cites the need to reduce access to lethal means, but without explicitly discussing firearms or controversial issues, such as gun control legislation. Asked whether that was a deliberate omission because of the political climate surrounding gun control, Stone said that suicide rates have been increasing across all methods. So it's not about firearms. It's also about other methods of suicide, such as hanging, suffocation, poisoning, and the like, she said. We are concerned with all aspects of suicide prevention, including access to lethal means, and so we do include that in a comprehensive approach to suicide prevention. But Anessis believes that it's important to not beat around the bush when it comes to guns and to talk about the importance of things like um, settling and waiting periods for purchase and storing guns locked and unloaded. American suicide is predominantly a firearm issue. Anytime we want to resolve something that involves firearms, we need to talk about firearms explicitly, he says. The conversation about firearms and suicide doesn't have to be a debate about the Second Amendment. It could be a debate about where we find some common ground that doesn't simply involve only talking about people with mental illnesses, because as this paper shows, that's not going to get the job done. Um, research shows that the decision to attempt suicide is often made quickly and in an impulsive way. Um, you may be thinking about it over time, but that moment when you actually make an attempt is a very short window. Um, if you make it harder to make that attempt by not having access to the means, often what happens is the feelings will pass. It gives people time to um, time for someone to intervene and get them help. So that is really important preventive step that can be done, and there's good research behind it. Um, Suicide researchers already know a lot of information in this new report, says Gibia, but the public doesn't. And so a report like this really draws attention to the fact that we need to do a whole lot more to prevent suicide to save lives. Um, he points out, for example, that the nation currently has no federally funded suicide prevention program for adults. Uh, there are some for youth, but they're very, very tiny, says Gibia. Uh, we can't expect a major public health problem like this to be addressed unless we see the investment. The CDC said that people can learn about warning signs of suicide to help people at risk. One resource is the website. Be the one, um, and that is number one, 2TO.com. To reach the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, call 1-800-273-TALK. Thank you so much for all that information, Sean. Um, that was a very integral that you read there. Um, but I noticed that they didn't really mention ages or ethnicities on uh, those among the many suicide rates out there. That's interesting to me. But the fact that they have, um, you know, all of this information and this data from 1999 to 2016 and, um, you know, there has been such a massive increase among suicide, it, it kind of scares me because it's like how are these people – obviously with guns primarily, but how are these people, you know, just knowing, knowing, I'm sure everybody they've had, you know, they've, they've been taught something about death, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, knowing that it's a possibility that you can go to hell, why would you still consider killing yourself? You know, because some people, they say it's a possibility. I know you're going to hell, you know, yeah. but yeah. it's like, why would you I mean, still do that? 
Yeah. I mean, I, maybe people are just more hopeless now. You know, and I think about, I've thought about that too with all of this, um, with the gentleman, I'm sorry, I don't, I think it's Anthony Bourdain. Um, I don't really know who he is. Um, and then also K Spade as well, which is like really unfortunate. Um, and then we talked about, um, what is her name? Little Loca. The the one who played Little Yo- Loca, the YouTube star, she had her own reality show as well. She like she committed suicide and um just all these like people, um I don't know. You know, I, I think it's just it is very sad, you know. And I hope that it does come to a point to where it it, it becomes harder and so people actually do have to think about it. I think a lot of times people that get to this point of like, I mean, I don't know, because I've never thought about it, but I mean, maybe it's just like they get to a point of like hopelessness and they don't see anything coming out of it. But like they were saying, you know, uh, if it took, you know, a couple weeks or so, you know, how you feel about how stressed are you are about something today, you know, a week or two from now, like it may not be that big of of an issue, you know, but this Mm -hmm. one situation is what could potentially end your life. So, I mean, it's just right. really, it's, it's really messed up. And I hope that, you know, anyone that is, you know, suffering from those thoughts or, you know, they get the help for it. Because ultimately, it may be a quick fix for you, even though, like, I agree with you, Angel, you are going to hell. But you have to think about what that does to people around you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, your family. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could ever get past, you know, a close relative committing suicide. Like, that would just, like, break me, you know. So, it's it's sad, you know. Trump. Trump got something to do with this, too, child. But, yeah. Yeah. I agree with Jen as well, guys. So, with that being said, <laughs> we are going to go ahead and move on to that confession session. Question. All right, guys. So for our question this evening, um, what are things that your parents have said to you that you thought were irrelevant then, but as you've gotten older, you realize how important it is? Then is there anything that comes to mind that your mom or your dad or grandparents or anybody important to you has said to you that you were just like, oh, my gosh, shut the fuck up? And but then, you know, as you got older, it's like, oh, that that shit was deep, and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm not really because I kind of like listen to my parents a lot. Um, I wasn't like really like that, you know, like rebellious as a kid. Um, hmm. But definitely, just the whole like growing up thing. I think like you know everybody want to be grown. You know, I don't think I was, like, really at that point, but I just know, like, my parents always you're you, and I never really thought about it, and then when I hit about, you know, 23, 24, and I was just like, damn, like, shit was so much easier when you didn't have to worry about paying bills, Mm -hmm. you know, and trying to accomplish things. Um, But, yeah, like, that's pretty much it. Also, maybe... um, you know, just like taking my parents for granted in general, you know what I'm saying, is it, something now. Like, so at some points, I was just, like, so mean to my mom. And now, it, like, it really hurts me because I'm just, like, my mom is just so dope and just such a beautiful human being. Like, how could I, you know, disrespect this woman, you know? Um, 
But yeah, that's but about it's good it. You, you, you've thought about it now, like that you're older and, you know, you got an opportunity to talk to your mom and get past that situation. And even though it may still hurt you and make you feel funny or bad about it, at least you were able to apologize to her. She probably don't even think about that shit. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, think about just you and how much you've grown and, you know, how young you were and just stupid back then. Because that's what it is, just young and dumb. And think we've grown, you know, and, and yeah. So, you know, but yeah, you I'm know sorry, go ahead, no, no, oh that's everything, everything in the world. Everything in the world. Like, cause listen to my little sister sometimes. Like, I love her, and I just be like, really? Like, what? What, you saying? what made you come up with oh, that? Oh, you know everything. Yeah, me? like, like my baby sister, like she just, and don't get me wrong, she is smart. You know, she's smart, beautiful. Um, but I mean, she's she's a she's a, a child, like she's a teenager, you know. And with that mm-hmm. comes like immaturity. And sometimes I listen to her, like mm-hmm. you know, I give her advice, and like she'll have her mind made up, and I'm like, that makes no <laughs> sense. Like you know, we were talking, you know, I'm spilling some tea. You know, I hope she don't get mad. I don't think she listens to the show. Um, but she was like, you know, she wants to get a job so she can get a, a whole new furniture set. And I was like, Maya, that makes no sense. You need to get a car. Like, why are you worried about furniture right uh, now? And she was like, you know, you I, mean, I just want to. Yeah, she she lives. Yeah, she lives with my mother. Yeah. And um, okay. and I was like, Maya, that makes no sense. Like, you need to, you know, say to get a car so you can get around and, you know, what I'm saying be able to get to class and you can live at home and you know don't have to worry about like staying on campus where you go to college and all it's just it just makes sense to have a car right now and um and she was just like no because I just want to be in a space to where I'm comfortable and you know and all and I'm just like little girl like that what are you talking about like why are you not comfortable you know, just dramatic. You know, that's why I was just thinking, like, wow, like she's just being really dramatic. But you know, I don't, I don't really tell her or anything. You know, I'll, and I don't disagree with her. I try to, you know, give her that big brother, you know, advice and you know, try to be like a positive ear to her. But sometimes I just be like, really? Did I sound this crazy when I was, you know, sixteen, seventeen? I'm <laughs> yes, sure we I did. did yes, we did. And thought mm-hmm. I knew everything and didn't know a damn thing. You know, <laughs> but yeah. What about you? Yeah, so there are a couple things. Um, first of all, like you said, one of the things is like, don't want to grow up so fast. And it's just like, what do you mean you don't want to grow up so fast? Like, I can't wait to turn 18. You know, I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to do that. Like, you know, you just think like it's just everything in your life is going to change just in this drastic way. And it like just gets so hard, you know, and you just, oh, excuse me, guys. <laughs> It's like just gets so hard, and you're just like, man, like, dang, you know, you just got to knock this out and do this and do that. But, um, yes, don't want to grow up so fast. Also, don't bite the um, don't bite the hand that feeds you. That has always been deep because I've bitten some hands before, and um, I shouldn't have. <laughs> and, you know, now that I'm older, it's like, ooh, I'm glad I was able to dodge some of them bullets, you know, because I could have life just could be really bad for you, you know, when you bite the hand that feeds you. A closed mouth don't get fed. All of these are little quotes, guys. So that to me is one of the I still use it nowadays because people they wanna they want you to assume that they know what they're thinking and all of this shit. And it's just like I don't how the hell was I supposed to know that this is what's going on when you ain't tell me? 
I can close mouth, don't get fed, or if you got to ask a question, or if you're in a raise, any of that shit, say what's on your mind. You know what I'm saying? Because how is that, how, how anybody going to know what's going on if you're not saying anything? You know? And the last one, my husband, he actually came over at this one, which I thought was really good. Money doesn't grow on trees. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> that is true. And I'm trying to teach my son that lesson right now. Because he just thinks that we just have all the money in the world and just want to buy him this and buy him that and get this and get that at all times. And, oh, my God, money does not grow on trees. Like, seriously. Especially all this money we ought to be paying for him to go to summer camp. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, guys, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough of all of that. We're going to go ahead and confess our love this evening. Jen? Um, I am confessing my love for Angie Martinez's, and it's not. I think it's been out for like a year now. But uh, she has this book, Finding My Voice. Um, I got the audio book earlier this week. Um, I was listening to her interview on the Breakfast Club, on the Breakfast Club, and I was just like, you know, because I like, I love podcasts, and I love to ride and just listen to people talk or whatever. And I was just like, I mean, I should go ahead and purchase her audio book, and um. It is really good. You know, I'm like, a few, I'm going to say the um, audio book is like seven hours long and I'm a few hours into it. Um, cause I listen to it anytime I'm driving somewhere and it's like, she's been through a lot, you know, and, and to see like, you know, the person she's become and all of this because of her love for, you know, hip hop, I think is just like super dope. Um, she talked about like accidentally using like crack before, which is just like a blessing that, you know, she said um, that she had, she used to smoke weed, like, all the time, and, like, one of somebody that she was kicking it with, you know, being a bad person was just like, have you ever smoked crack? Well, I'm not smoked crack, but have you ever smoked um, smoked cocaine? And um, and she was like, it's the best feeling you ever have, you know, it's like 10 times better than weed, and she said she did it, and she was like, yeah, it was exactly how she, how the girl explained it. It was like the best feeling she's ever had, like period, you know, but it was like right after that, like a day later, um, they were talking about it on the news. They were talking about like how smoking cocaine had become like this huge epidemic. And she was just like saying like, it was a blessing that literally, you know, her seeing that, you know, and not even realize what she was doing was, you know, this whole thing was like smoking crack, you know, I thought was really dope. Uh, she also talked about like getting evicted all like, I think she got evicted like two or three times, you know, and, and you know, yeah. misusing finances and all that. And it's just a lot of stuff that we don't know. She saw all of her, you know, um, famous interviews and, you know, the behind scoop on it, you know, um, I just think it's like a really, really good, you know, book, audio book that you'll also check out, you know, um, Finding My Voice by Angie Martinez. But, yeah, what do you confess your love for, Miss Angel Vondrina? All right, guys. Well, I'm confessing my love for my twins. We are seven months in. Yay. Happy seven months. Yay. And, yes, um, everything is going really good so far. So I'm just super excited. I got, like I said, nine weeks left until these babies are here, guys. So this is going to be quite a different turnaround very soon. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be different. 
and official. That's all I have to say this evening. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the show this evening. You all can expect to hear from us next Sunday, June 17th, at the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you. So don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in that drama. And send us your confessions at confessions at number two of angina.com. This is your host, Angel Bondrina. And I'm your host, John Othello, and you're listening to one of the only confession session. Good night, May. Good night, Jennifer. Buffalo Wild Wings thinks your afternoons could use a little spicing up, so they're happy to remind you about, well, happy hour. You know the concept. Grab your friends and visit your nearest B-dubs to score $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms. There are beverages, too, like select domestic draft beers starting at $4 and deals on select liquors and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Which reminds me, I'm hungry, and happy hour is sounding pretty good right about now. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beer starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Prohibited.